Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Sienna. And you're listening to And Yet. Conversations about the intersection of culture and health. Why do we go there? Because frankly, we need to. And we want you to know, we're with you. We all have a story we need to help unpack. But where do we fucking start? And where do we even end? Here's your permission to meet us in the messy middle. The And Yet Podcast with Sienna and Kelsey. Hello, and welcome back to the And Yet Podcast. You've got Kelsey and Sienna here. Hi, folks. So, Sienna, you and I are both white. I think we both consider ourselves feminists. Yep. Does that mean that we're white feminists? Uh, That's a great question, Kels. (laughs) So, look, at this point, I don't think so. That said, I think I can hold my hand up and say I have been guilty of practicing white feminism in the past. So many of you might be thinking, what the hell are they talking about? Is white feminism just white people who are feminists? No. (laughs) So the short answer is no, but we're going to give you the long answer also. (laughs) Exactly. Look, it's an issue that we're facing at the moment, and we felt really compelled to talk about considering we classify this podcast as, you know, a podcast at the intersection of culture and health. And race is obviously a really, really important part of our culture. And the health of our culture. Thank you. Agreed. So white feminism, I'm going to actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually going to use the urban dictionary definition because I was trying to come up with my own definition and then I was looking at, you know, something a little more, more scientific and authoritative. But you know what? I feel like this actually gets to the point really well. So let me get there. It's a brand of feminism centered around the ideals and struggles of primarily white women. So it's not meant to be outright exclusive, but essentially it fails to consider other women and its preoccupation with Western standards and the problems faced by the average woman can be really alienating to women of colour as well as you know, non-straight women, trans women, and then women belonging to religious or cultural minorities as well. Yeah, and I think that we need to stop classifying feminism as a movement for women. Feminism is a movement for equality. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Yes, totally agreed. So what we kind of start talking about in this podcast is really also, you know, us as humans, we tend to really only identify and and vocalize things if we feel like people have the same feelings as our own, if they have the same voice. If they don't, then we decide, you know, maybe we're just going to leave them out of the conversation, either consciously or unconsciously. And I think that's essentially what's been happening with white feminism, especially in the last couple of years, as it's kind of been galvanizing support. So this was a scary conversation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sienna and I really debated whether or not we were going to do this episode. It, It was definitely one of, I think when we were writing down all the episode ideas we had, it was one of the first ones. However, we got cold feet for sure. We were definitely... Like, are we capable of having this conversation? Are we going to have, can we have a conversation about race and do it in a way that's helpful and not harmful? Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot and of like questions. a bit of a big time imposter syndrome. Like, 
are we really the right people to be having this conversation? Like, yeah, am I going to say something out of turn and not only embarrass myself, but, you know, create a harmful environment for those involved in it? That's, I was really nervous about that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's this idea too of, we talk a little bit in this episode with Joy about allies and how a lot of people of color are distrusting of allies. And when I say allies, I mean white people who, feel like they're supporting the cause of fighting racism. But a lot of the time, those allies really have their own agenda and their own motivation. And maybe they're well-intended, but they're missing the mark. And they're actually, like we said before, creating more harm than they are good. So a lot of people of color don't necessarily trust allies anymore. And, you know, we're kind of lost in, in this, how do we move forward together So just to be clear, this isn't an attack on anyone. And Kelsey and I have both had the discussion that it's taken us a long time to get to a place where we feel like we can understand it and that we, you know, we are in a position to talk about it. And again, you know, I have been culpable of practicing white feminism in the past. So again, this is just a wake up call. And just to say it's it's not too late to kind of start identifying this kind of behavior in yourself and making the choice to change. And the other thing is that I feel like I really learned from Joy during the episode was kind of just get over yourself, get over the fear of embarrassment and over the fear of putting your foot in it because silence is only going to make it worse. And if you feel like I'm not the right person to have this because I don't have the vocabulary or I don't understand it enough, that's not an excuse. That should be more motivation to have these kinds of uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And and learning to put down your defense mechanism, right? I think totally. we're so quick to feel defensive and to feel hurt. And I'm sure that's some type of biological you know, survival mechanism. But as white people, we need to stop doing that. And we need to, when an entire race of people are telling us that they're hurting, we need to shut up and listen, I think. Big time. So with that, we're super excited for you to listen to this conversation with Joy, who is not only just one of those people who walks in the door and you're like, wow, she just has a presence about her, don't you think? She has such a great energy. I mean, when I re-listened to this episode, I couldn't stop smiling just because her voice makes me smile. (laughs) Yeah, and she's got the most beautiful big smile in the world. And I just think she really, really handled this conversation with grace. I felt really, really positive about the conversation afterwards. And I felt like my eyes were really opened. We hope that you have the same feeling. So just a bit of background, Joy uh, actually has a bachelor's degree in African studies and has been working as a high-end makeup artist in New York City for the last 15 years and is currently launching her own business, The Joy in Beauty. Joy, welcome to the And Yet podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for being here. San and I are both I don't think excited is the right word to talk about when we're talking about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both quite nervous to okay. have this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I'm I'm kind of nervous as well. We're all in all right. Culture. Yes. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like we're collectively in America just living in a state of discomfort at mm-hmm. all times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that yes, true for yes. you? Um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think the nerves also come from a state of just you know, always having to talk about these things now and who is thinking what or like preconceived notions, those kind of things. So, Meaning like 
not sure how to broach the conversation because you don't know like what somebody might be feeling or, or yeah. how they're thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a part of why this particular episode came up and why we really wanted to have you as a guest was mm-hmm. just because of a shared experience that okay. you and I had. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to be really honest about it, even mm-hmm. though I'm completely mortified. Um, but one time, Joy and I were sitting down together for a meeting and I meant to say the the term uh, woman of color mm-hmm. and I said colored woman. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like in that moment, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and just being like, what? Like, okay, maybe if I just ignore it, like, maybe she didn't really hear me or just, you know, like that total, yeah. like, oh my God. And I remember you just like very gently put your hand on my hand and was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Did you just say colored? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like probably turning beet red while we talk about this, like thinking about that moment. But I just remember, like for me, that moment was really powerful because I mm-hmm. felt like one, you gave me the opportunity to then have the discussion with you. You mm-hmm. didn't shoot me down right away, but mm-hmm. I also feel like had you screamed at me and, and been like, fuck you, I'm leaving, mm-hmm. I would have been totally justified. <laughs> uh, okay, I get it. I yeah. mean, first off, that's not my style. But, right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, hey, I mean, I do know some people where it could be, you know. That's just not how I, how I try to do things. I think it's also comes from a, a place of just age and growing, you know. So, yeah, and just trying to see, like, you know, how can we have this conversation yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you handled it that way because I've been in that situation before where I didn't handle myself very well. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting in this group one time and, and this woman brought up the idea of privilege. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, I didn't come from money. I don't have privilege. And mm-hmm. I had no, I, I was so naive. I didn't understand mm-hmm. what white mm-hmm. privilege really meant. Mm-hmm. And since that time, I really looked into that and really educated myself on it and, and began to understand mm-hmm. more just my own internalized racism and also just how I've benefited, Mm -hmm. you know, from our system. And I appreciated our interaction because it was also a moment where I got to to really put into practice what Mm -hmm. I had learned and and -hmm. not like immediately get defensive or shut down myself, just kind of be like, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. I messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I think that that definitely is something that we have to look at is that, you know, in order to have the conversation, you got to have two willing participants in the conversation to, you know, to even talk about it. Even though I know it was a difficult conversation to have, you know, like you definitely deserve props for even like opening yourself to even having the conversation. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. And and I think so Sienna and I, you know, we really want to speak to other, I mean, we're two white women. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of look alike <laughs> um, by coincidence. Kind of exchangeable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Our husbands wouldn't know we could switch. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's, I think it's, it's on us mm-hmm. to, to educate other people that look like us and, and to kind of help them connect with, you know, their own internalized racism and, and mm-hmm. start to reckon. I grew up in a town where like, if I say that to somebody, they don't, they don't even know what that word means, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, Which were internalized, internalized racism. racism. They don't know that they're racist. Let's okay. put it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that right. speaks for most of Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a racist country, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and People think if they're polite, they're not racist, and it's mm-hmm. not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you were so kind to me in that moment because I remember, like, just really wanting to, like, crawl into a hole. And at one point, I think I said something like, I really shouldn't have said that. Like, I'm much more aware, you know. And you were like you're like me, you're going to go home and think about this all the time. <laughs> and you were like, just let it go. Like, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like over a year later and I'm still thinking about it. And it's funny because I think you mentioned that like, 
you forgot all about it. <laughs> I, did. I, I, mean, like, I, I did until I got the show notes today. I mean, the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think the thing was that I guess it wasn't necessarily that I forgot because once I read the notes, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I think it was just that I just wanted to move on. Like, it's okay. Like, let me back up. Not that it's okay to use the term color. You know, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that. However, I think the thing is that nowadays we have to find a way to give people grace. And that is, to me, like what I feel like is lacking out here right now is that people are taking these stands and they're just shutting down any type of discussion without, you know, like, and I don't, and I don't think that's fair. It's like the only way to teach someone or enlighten or whatever you want to call it is to have the conversation. I mean, of course, if you had to call me probably another word, I would have been like, wait a minute, (laughs) you know, like, we we don't need to talk. (laughs) Like, I'm good, you know? That would have been different. But I mean, like, and and plus also I've, I've worked with you. I know, like, you know, like, that that's not something that, you know, it's just because at first I think for me when the when it came up, I even was like, wait, like I, <laughs> I kind of I think for a moment there I actually thought to myself, like, wait, should I address this? Like, you know, yeah. like I actually questioned it. I was like, I was like, OK, but I was like, no, I kind of have to address this, you know, because um I was just like, yeah, like this is something that I I have to say something about. I think for me also that I kind of knew when we were talking that you were saying something and that I saw your in your eyes that you were trying to search for the words. And so I think for me, like I knew like it was a slip of the tongue and it wasn't meant to be harmful. You know what I mean? It was just like you just forgot in that moment, like, okay. This is the way to say it, you know. I got and really so, nervous, yeah. and I'm finding that that happens because I I do want to be politically correct. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or or say things in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times, I think a lot of white women, white people feel that way now because they're like, oh crap, I don't want to say the wrong thing, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like, okay, but you have to like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's in, in my own personal beliefs is that, you know, I don't think that that is necessarily the correct way to handle every single person on this earth like mm-hmm. I think we have to have these conversations we have to talk we have to communicate respectfully to one another and if we don't then that is where I feel like I'm starting to notice this bully mentality you know and I'm just saying I'm saying from all sides like everyone's starting to bully everyone everyone's like if you don't think exactly how I think on every single point that I bring up then you are canceled and I'm like that's not how I function I'm like no like first of all I have friends from all walks of life whom I love who love me dearly and that was something that I think um growing up I don't think I would have been able to say because I grew up in a predominantly black community. And it wasn't until I went to college, which was a predominantly white college, where I learned how to be in situations with people that didn't look like me. And I think that that is what a lot of people out here in this world are lacking, going outside of themselves and being around people who don't look like them, you know, from all sides. And I think that that is... You know, we all have to learn from each other. You know, I guess, I well, maybe I shouldn't say the word have to. You know, some people don't. They don't feel like they have to. But 
But I feel like if we're going to exist in this world, why not try to try some type of way to at least try to get along with each other, you know? And I think like we all, you know, we have these preconceived notions. Everyone has them, you know? And I think like, you know, what good is it if you feel like you have to tip your toe around me? You know what I mean? Like that to me isn't, I always tell my friends, like if I can't have a real argument with a friend, yeah. To where we bounce back, <laughs> right? Then we're not friends. Yeah, you know what that. I mean. I love that. <laughs> like, like we're not friends. Where yeah. we are people that you know are surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friends, we can have the craziest, dirtiest, down <laughs> yeah. argument, and then pick up the phone the next day, like, or even the next moment, and be like, "What you doing tonight?" You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, like yeah. yeah. So if I can't have those conversations with you without you canceling me or being done with me, then we're not friends to begin with, you know, or we're not respecting each other anyway. So mm-hmm. what's the point, you know? Yeah. So I was just like, you know, I, uh, in that moment, I was like, well, I also had to learn myself how to communicate, you know, because at first, like I said, I was like, should I even say anything? <laughs> you know, but I was like, no, this is probably like my time to communicate yeah. This is how I need to broach the subject, but let's talk about this for a second and just, yeah. you know, and get on the same page. And, you know, and you you turn beet red. Oh. Like, I'm, all, I'm, I'm so white that, like, I'm, like, white or red. Those are my colors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yes. just, like, you could clearly tell that you were, like, really nervous. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, like, you know, and it was sincere, you know, and it wasn't, like, I'm going to say this word and that's it. Like, I'm going to shut down from learning anything. It was like you were naturally sincere in first your apology and then also the fact that you didn't run from the conversation. That, to me, gained my respect. Seriously. Uh-huh. Well, I, yeah. I really, I, you don't need to say that. And I appreciate so much that you are um, oh, no problem. still turning beet red about this situation. <laughs> but I love, I just love that I, I had that opportunity to not run away. Mm-hmm. And it's really important. I think t- like, I'm just gonna be really honest. I wanted mm-hmm. to cry so much in that moment. <laughs> and I think that that would have turned the dynamic on you comforting me. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's appropriate mm-hmm. either. And, mm-hmm. and I say that not at all to toot my horn or anything, mm-hmm. but, but just so that other people, who maybe are in these situations mm-hmm. can kind of take that as a lesson and, and that I, I don't think our emotions are valid when mm-hmm. it comes yeah, to black spaces and, and racism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and so two things for me happened that day. One, I had tremendous respect for you. Oh, um, thank you. So I mean, really, because like <laughs> I said before, you, you it could have gone a very different way. And I love that you gave me the opportunity to have the conversation. <laughs> and then the other thing that happened in that moment was that I had tremendous guilt because I felt mm-hmm. like, I just put you in a situation where you needed to confront me and mm-hmm. that sucks. You mm-hmm. know, that sucks a lot. And it made me realize too, like Joy's been through this before. Mm-hmm. Like this has happened to her many times. And does that happen for well, you a lot? Like I wouldn't it? say like those type of terms have happened to me before. It hasn't. You know, like that was literally the first time I've ever been called clever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm no, like, I was referring to like, somebody else when I said it was like a model I was trying yeah, to describe yeah, yeah. her to you well, and I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. How. And I think that that's yeah. where like you weren't calling me color, but right. yeah, you were um I guess that's the first time first time I ever heard the term right, okay. colored. Yes in reference to a black person, mm, right. you know? So, so that's what I mean, me, like, you gotcha, know, gotcha. does that happen to you a lot where you're kind of stuck in these uncomfortable situations um, where you're debating? Do I say something? Do I not do? I know? wouldn't say it's been like a lot. 
I think the thing is that it's more subdued and you don't realize it until afterwards. You know, that the it might not be that somebody called me colored, but maybe they didn't come and help me in a store as fast, you know, or maybe they, you know, I'm looking for something and they keep walking past trying to see what I'm doing, you know? So it's like in those moments, I've had to ask myself whether or not I want to say something or, or, you know, sometimes you have to stop and think because I do think, you know, sometimes as an African-American woman, sometimes we have our own stuff that we have to deal with as well, where we might think someone's looking at us in a certain way and it might not be the case at all. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I've had to step back and be like, okay, what lens am I looking at this through? Is this person like really giving me like racist vibes or is it just me like feeling kind of sensitive and bringing my own stuff to the story, you know, and building a story around it, you know? So I have to, I have to think about that. And I mean, there are times I've, I've been, you know, I've had to, you know, check someone, you know, (laughs) you know, and and I will, you know, like, and those times aren't, they're never fun, you know, because I think the thing is like, you know, when things like that do happen, you get in a space where you're so, you go through so many emotions, like you're angry, you're hurt, you're sad, you know, because you're like, well, I don't understand what I did to this person to make this person feel like this, you know? So it's just, you know, each thing is like, you have to assess. It's almost like an assessment process Mm. that you go through and you're like, you know, but then it's also like growing up, like my parents are from the South. I grew up in the South a little bit. I I mean, uh, a good part of my life. Um, Where in the South are you from? Well, my family's from Georgia, but oh, wow. I grew up okay. in Maryland. Wow. And Maryland people don't like to act like they're from the South, but they're, yeah, right. they're Southern, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like I a little bit. But now that if I think about it, I grew up in the South, basically, yeah. all my life. Right. <laughs> so, so, but it's just like, you just don't like realize. And then also up here in New York, like you don't, you know, I know a lot of New York people like to pride themselves on this being like this melting pot of people yeah. in the city. But the New York can be one of the most segregated cities out there. Like everyone goes to their neighborhoods and they stay there, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, you have to like really think about that. And like people are like, oh, you know, they can go to the corner store and they can be around somebody who doesn't look like them. Yeah. But is the interaction meaningful, yeah. you know, or is it just hand me something and that's it, you know, like, and I'm not really like here to actually, you know, make a real connection with you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'd like to ask a question. I'm not sure if it's rude or if it's the right question or not, but I'll just put it out there. In your opinion, how would you like people to kind of have these conversations? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you like having them? Do you find them exhausting? Do you like it when people ask questions? Do you think they should do their own education? Mm. Like, how would you like to see it play out? So, you know, these are definitely, like like you said, in my opinion, because I can't speak for anybody sure. else but yeah. myself. It's all of that. Okay. I welcome the conversation, but there are times I get exhausted yeah. o- over the conversation as well, where sometimes I'm like, okay, like, I don't really want to have this conversation right now. You know, totally. like my job yeah, isn't yeah. to teach you like how to exactly. treat people, mm-hmm. you know, in a better way, you know, but it also just kind of depends. I'm just like, I look at everything now, what's going on now. And I just feel like everyone is just so 
hunkered down in their beliefs that they are just not open to having any type of conversation with mm-hmm. anyone else that does that. And to me, I think that's dangerous. I think that people are now becoming so emotional mm-hmm. where it's like they're not really like it's, it's not rooted in actual fact. Yeah. It's a rooted in emotion. And I get some of it. Like, trust me, I totally get some of it. Yeah. But I feel like if we don't get a handle on some of our emotions and start to think of some things logically, I think that that's going to be a really scary place because I'm starting to see people get revved up in emotional way to where, but then what I'm also seeing is once they're revved up emotional way, the same people who are revving them up aren't channeling them into something that they can have the breakthrough moment. You know what I mean? It's just constructive. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I always equate it to that scene in Forrest Gump when he's like running that marathon and he has a whole bunch of people behind him and he just stops running. And he's like, (laughs) and somebody else, what do we do now? And he was like, I guess go home. It's like, that's what I'm seeing out here now. It's like, People are being revved up, revved up, revved and they're following behind, and it's like, and then they just get dropped off. And now they're having to deal with what's going on inside, and now they're angry because now whoever has revved them up hasn't really dealt with the trauma that is going on inside their bodies. And that, to me, is what's causing a lot of health issues. That, to me, is what's causing a lot of mental issues. You know, and especially for me as a Black woman, I'm starting to see that even more. It makes me worry about Black spaces because it's like I'm starting to see, like, we are, while I'm proud of the fact that we are, you know, standing up for ourselves, it does make me worry that, we're not handling the revved up mentality in a healthy way. I think that's incredibly insightful. I honestly never thought about it in that sense. Like, you're building on this energy, and then what do you do with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that that is... you're right that it sits in your body. Yeah, it just sits there. And, And I do have to say that I am especially worried about Black people because it's we've already had so much trauma and generational trauma and things in our lives that to add this even in there as well, it's like, where is the breaking point? You know what I mean? And are we mentally and physically able to handle this? Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of us aren't, you know, yeah. and we're breaking and we're not having those conversations and, and dealing with what is going on inside. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's why... I want to be careful how I say this because I don't mean this in any way to be Mm -hmm. that white people are going to be your savior because I think Mm -hmm. that that's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you need us to save you. But I do think that's where allies need to come in and take some of that load off of you Mm -hmm. because I I don't think any community can handle that on their own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of like why we're having this discussion because it's on us to educate our communities and our loved ones and our parents that are maybe making racial comments that aren't appropriate. And Mm -hmm. and I think that more of us need to step up and do that work. Mm -hmm. I I don't think you can do it on your own. No, it's two to tango. I think the (laughs) thing, though, is that it's such a distrust in allies that unfortunately is there. And part of it is when the election happened, you saw so many people get upset with the results and then demand that things change. And it's like, as a black woman, where were we all before? 
Like, this was nothing new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the breakdown, like, it literally was like, I had so many people say, aren't you upset? And I'm like, no. Status quo. I'm like, yeah. no. Like, this is not anything yeah. new to us, you know? And, and, and I think that that's where sometimes the frustration would would lie would be like kind of in the a moment of you know I'm just gonna be on it now you guys are mad you know what I mean yeah, yeah and absolutely. now something has to change yeah and it's like oh really oh okay because we've been protesting for for centuries yeah. and, and 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 now it's like you not you guys per se i'm saying general you but it's like now you guys got to come in and show us how to protest and how mm-hmm. to do it the right way mm-hmm. yeah. and how to and it's like really cuz um yeah. <laughs> okay like i think that that is where some of the animosity comes into play and some of the like that's when you get tired mm-hmm. and you're like i'm not yeah. here to show you or make you feel better about yourself you know what i mean yeah absolutely Uh, what you've just described to me is a perfect description of what white feminism is i kind of white feminism yeah (laughs) well absolutely because it's like we went out in droves and had this march and Mm -hmm. in hindsight people of color weren't included in that and i Mm -hmm. think that that's a major problem because feminism is really like supposed to be the for the good of all Mm -hmm. right even men and currently that's that's not what's happening i don't think I think one of the problems, though, is that feminism is supposed to be inclusive of everyone, but I'm starting to see that it's only inclusive of the people that agree with what the people are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for everyone except you because you don't <laughs> believe in what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. is that the message that feminism is supposed to be giving out right now? Mm-hmm. I think, and, and trust me, like, some people are like, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, we gonna we gonna put you in a timeout, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you yeah. know, like could you but then it's like I don't know what the what the solution is. Yeah. But what I do see is that people are having this thought process that it's for everyone else but the people that don't agree with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's true. And it's interesting what you brought up before about like where was all of our rage before mm-hmm. white people, where was our rage? before this election and mm-hmm. I'm really guilty of that I'm mm-hmm. going to be very honest and mm-hmm. I, I wish that wasn't true Mason. but mm-hmm. yes and I'm and I'm I've really done a lot of work mm-hmm. to, to educate myself and, and work through that but I think a big part of that was that when people of color protest white people were like you're too loud you're too mm-hmm. angry we can't hear you we're never going to listen to you and then we go out in these droves and we're loud and we're angry <laughs> and like that's totally fine mm-hmm. and that for me was a really big wake up call. So yeah, I mean, just... you can always just even see that when you see the juxtaposition of a march, for example, like a Black Lives Matter march, or not just Black Lives Matter, but anytime you see a march where it's like people of color marching on for something, versus like you see a another march with white people or something, like the two ways in which they describe the marches. Mm-hmm are totally different, you know? Yeah. And but the way but the stuff that happens in the marches are the exactly the same, yeah. you know? And it's just <laughs> and I think that that is that fuels the like the the mistrust and the yeah. anger in in our community. I think the the thing for me is that I was I, actually I was listening to something the other day and it was a business podcast. I'm sorry guys. But <laughs> it was a business podcast and the owner of the business went to see a therapist and the therapist asked him, are you in touch with your anger? 
And he was like, what's that? And, he sh- and, and the therapist told him, and when you don't deal with your anger, it becomes depression. Mm-hmm. And so that really hit a nerve because black women are always looked at as being angry yeah. when they don't realize that a lot of us are depressed and a lot of us are just sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, and it's just a lot of things that make me very like, you know, like black women are quote unquote the most undesirable women in the world. And that to hear that is like, wow, like that when I heard that, I was like, that really like struck me. It's just so much because it's like we're just looked at like second class citizens. And then we wanna wonder why we're depressed why we're angry, why we're, you know, marginalized, like why why these things are. And people don't understand, like, the things that we hear constantly, you know, like one of the things, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into this now, the beauty industry, like, I used to go into the store magazine shops where New York used to have these awesome magazine shops, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember one time I went in the store, and I don't know why I just became so, like, it just stuck out to me. And I was like, every single cover in here has a white woman on it. And I was like, wow. Like, And then it made me respect Oprah even more yeah. because she was like, you know what? I'm going to be, if you want to see one black face in here, you're going to see mine. Oh, like, God. I'm going to be on every yeah. single cover of my magazine so that I can show black women, like, you are on a cover of a magazine. And, I, and it's almost like I put two and two together. Yeah. I was like, wow, like, she actually, you know, and it just, I don't even know if that's why she did it. But it just made me be like, wow, like, you know, like, okay, I get it. I'm really happy you brought that up because I, I really want to talk about uh the joy and beauty. Yes, yes. <laughs> I keep wanting to say the beauty and joy because I feel like that sort of, you're so beautiful to me. Aww, you. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to touch on real quick because what you're saying is so poignant to me and just so strong and in, in that, you know, you are internalizing that anger and it is becoming depression and mm-hmm. it is becoming arthritis and, mm-hmm. and other really, you know, big mm-hmm. conditions. And on top of that, and we won't, I guess we don't have to get into this so much, but women of color also aren't receiving medical care yeah. in the same way. And mm-hmm. We talk a lot about our struggle with medical care just as women. And mm-hmm. so now you're faced with all these conditions and you're not getting the attention and, and the medical treatment and the support mm-hmm. that you need on top of that. Mm-hmm. Does that come up for you at all? Or? I think the thing is that I learned a long time ago that you have to be your own advocate across the board, no matter who you are. And I think especially people of color, like, you know, a lot of people like to put on us that we are, you know, might not be dealing with the problems that we're dealing with or whatever we're doing dealing with where may might be a little bit more extra <laughs> you know yeah, extra yeah, like right. you know you're like we're yeah we're extra yeah. we're over exaggerating wow. you know yeah i think that that is you know that's up to like medical not up to the medical field but to learn how to deal with people who are not used to going to the doctor a lot of Black people have issues, um, trust issues with the medical community in general. You know, Tuskegee experiments, you know, those kind of things mm-hmm. that have, you know, rightfully made people, you know, really nervous 
to participate because they wonder what's going to happen. Are they really getting the drugs that they're supposed to be getting? Or, you know, like those kind of things. Like, And so I get it. But then that's when, you know, we have to we have to find a way to communicate and just be our own advocates in our communities. And hopefully continue to work and find the medical professionals that will help you because you yeah. deserve care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if anything, like, we definitely deserve it and need it. And, you know, and it's important, you know, it's important to not take that on and put it on the next generation yeah. or something yeah. like that. Growing up in a kind of predominantly black community, did you face kind of representation issues? Did you realize that that was, you know, did you see yourself being represented properly or did you, was that later when you moved to New York and you kind of started, you know, you saw this in the magazine shop? And... Mm, I don't think so. Like I saw people that looked like me. So I I didn't, I don't feel like I dealt with representation issues until I went to a college mm-hmm. where I was around a lot of people that did not look like me. And it was a very um, eye-opening experience that I tend to tell a lot of African-American people to do, like go to a college. But I realized that when I went to a college, I, my first semester there, I was in a deep depression. I did not know how to communicate with anybody that didn't look like me. I really didn't. Wow. I did not know how to exist in that world. It was a really hard time for me. It was a really big struggle for me. And looking back, I realize now that, you know, a lot of people go straight from predominantly black experiences in life to predominantly black colleges to the workforce and then that's where they have to figure it out and then that's where they have their hard time you know and then that's why they might get into like situations where you know some things arise and they don't know how to maneuver that situation where me I learned it in college you know I learned okay You know, I can find out how to be around people that don't look like me and still exist, Mm. but still exist on on a high level and not, you know, not make myself small, you know. So, Joy, now you've built a really successful career as a makeup artist, Mm -hmm. right? And the Joy and Beauty. But the Joy and Beauty is is new and it hasn't launched just yet. It hasn't technically launched just yet. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay if we still talk about it? Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe you could just tell us a little bit like what it's been like for you because you've been in the industry for 15 years. So Uh I think the industry has, I also work in in the fashion and beauty industry and I think it's changed dramatically over Uh that time. But I'd love to hear like kind of how you're seeing the the change in beauty trends. And and also, I'm really curious how it was for you to get into that industry. Like, mm. what was that like? And yeah, tell us everything. <laughs> so I was actually college. I had one semester to go and I was just like, I cannot read another paper, write another a paper. I was like, I'm done. What, what were done. you studying in college? What was your I major? I was African-American studies. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, I was just like, and it was a very, like, it was pretty hardcore. And I was just like, and a lot of people assume that it's just me learning about myself. But no, you're like learning about like everything, like economics. You're learning about social issues. You learn about like everything. Like you're learning how laws even affect certain things, you know. So it was it was pretty amazing um, major to 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 have. But 
I decided I needed to take a break because <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you thought the beauty industry would be easier? I know. Like, what was wrong with me? Like, what? <laughs> I just walked past a very famous counter, the Mac counter, and I was just like, they look like they're always having fun over there because I used to always, when I, you know, when I wouldn't go to class, <laughs> go to class, people. But <laughs> when I wouldn't go to class, I would go and, like, look at makeup all day. Yeah. And I would stop by the Mac counter, like, all the time to where they started knowing me. And one day I realized <laughs> that they were hiring. And I was like, you know, if I take a semester off from school, my mom is going to be like, you're not going to sit on my couch yeah, and not yeah. do anything. So I was like, let me try to get a job. So that's exactly what I did. And I don't know, long story short, I wound up getting the job and I started doing makeup at the counter. And that was in Maryland. And then I just so happened to be looking at a magazine one day and I was like, well, how do you get your name in there? Like I started seeing people's credits and I was like, how do you get in? So I just started kind of looking around on the internet, you know, back in the day. Oh my gosh, the internet was just... (laughs) Not the same. Yeah, it probably um, took you 10 minutes to download one picture. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, my gosh. So I just so happened that um, I came across a class from a mentor, Crystal Wright. And and it was just like it was eye opening and and made me be like, wow, you can actually do this, like have a career in makeup. Like I never thought that was possible. And I was in the Maryland, D.C. area, and I was like, but I don't want to do, like, senators' wives and socialites all day long or senators all day long. I was like, that's going to be boring. I was like, uh, let me <laughs> let me go to New York. I want to work on photo shoots, you know? Totally. And one thing led to another. I started assisting and started, you know, all my days off there. I would come up here at work, go back down there, do Fashion Week up here, go back down there, you know? Like, it was just like— A lot of back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. And then I finally made the decision to move up here. Moved up here— realized quickly that New York was different because I stayed with a friend, realized a mouse had been in my bag, and I called him from the bus going back to Maryland (laughs) and was like, this is not going to work. So then I realized when I got back to Maryland, I was like, I think this is a sign that I need to go back and finish college. And I went back, finished, and then I came up here, and I've been up here ever since. I was like, that's a, you know, that was definitely a sign. was like, okay, you have something that's holding holding (laughs) you here, and you need to get get through it. So that's what happened, yeah. As far as, like, beauty standards, they have definitely changed. Even sets have changed because when I first started, like— Honestly, like, I would be the only black woman or black person or a person of color, period, anywhere near on a shoot. Like, and I only knew a couple of people who were doing, like, the the level of fashion because it was, you know, like, that's what I mean. Like, high-level fashion, fashion yeah. shoots. Like, it wasn't a lot of people on these sets you know and being privy to this so it was just it was like really eye-opening for me because I would be like wow like you know and if (laughs) it was interesting if I saw one more person we would kind of give like that look like (laughs) you're here too (laughs) you know so it's just like oh my gosh you know so yeah so it was it was cool but it's just like and it taught me a lot you know the industry definitely isn't as inclusive as it is now or friendly you know like it was it was a you know, fashion, it's not fun for anybody, but especially if you don't look like how the beauty standards are, you know, already, then it's, you know, you can get put through hell, you know? So, yeah. I'm thinking, too, of all the white 
hairstylists particularly mm-hmm. that get called on to set and they're working with African-American hair. Oh, and they, yeah. I'm like, why yeah. wouldn't you just hire yeah. an African-American hairstylist? They're out yeah. there. They're amazing. Yeah. They can do the work. But- or why not just learn how to do hair mm. that's not like yours? It's a better point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and But I also recognize the fear because a lot of times, a lot of stuff including racism, is based in fear and not wanting to mess up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, can you imagine, like, a high-level hairstylist not being able, like, actually letting everyone see that they cannot do hair, you know? And they're like, ugh, you know? So, yeah, so it's just like, you know, even, like, makeup artists, like, now it's like, you know, lines are very inclusive, but before they used to be like, you know, for black models, bring your own foundation. Really? You know, would or, you ever blend your own? Like, would you kind of make your own? Well, I do that. I tend to do that um, with every subject that sits in the chair mm-hmm. because you just, you know, some things are just off a little bit. So you need to add something in to make it look like their skin tone, you know. Right. But back in the day, like, you know, you only had a few to choose from. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I would do a fashion week, that's when it would become very prevalent to me that a lot of models they would just sit there black models would just sit there and people would kind of pass them off to each other you know and like it would just like break my heart because I could see that it was messing with them like like their 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 self-esteem because they're like nobody wants to you know do my hair nobody wants to Mm. you know do my makeup you know, I also see the teams, some of them could be from somewhere else and they've never experienced a black person in their chair and they're just Meaning like from scared. other countries? Or, yeah, 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 they're yeah. just scared yeah. and they're like, I don't even know where to begin, you know? But now there's an opportunity to try and ask questions. If you can't do it, find, you know, ask questions, you know? But everyone, everybody out here can get into their own little bubble of, you know, all eyes on me, you know, on set, you know, oh, like yeah. <laughs> all eyes on me, like uh, I'm sure, expected yeah. to perform. And if I don't, then, you know, the fashion industry can be a cruel industry. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the, those you uh, won't be invited back. <laughs> right. People can talk <laughs> yeah. and it's just like and you don't want to be the one they talk about. So yeah. so so you're like, uh, I'm going to give that, you know, somebody else or something. So, yeah. you know, I'm definitely not giving a pass to that person because, you know, we are here to learn in life. But, you know, I also know, like, you know, sometimes it's just fear. I think that's a really, really solid point in that I've never I've never really thought about the fact that we're fearful of slipping up mm-hmm. as being as kind of adding to the problem. Yeah. You know, like this PC, this this fearful idea. And I suffer from it big time. You can tell in my voice. I'm like, it's kind of <laughs> pathetic. But it is contributing to the issue. Mm-hmm. So thank you for pointing that out. It's that yeah. kind of, I think that that definitely would motivate me to be more vocal. Um, I mean, so. I just, you know, I, I even had a situation, you know, where I try to mentor or, or work with other artists, you know, up and coming artists. And, you know, I, I even tell black artists like you know do other people that don't look like you you know like it's all about because you're going to be asked to do that as well like you so you have to 
find out how to do that and and not shy away from that either. Yeah. Right. And then have also all the skill sets. Yeah. yeah. And also like it just comes back to my point earlier where, you know, find a way to be in rooms with people that don't look a hundred percent like you every single day. Like include other people in your life and yeah. and then that way it makes you more, you know, comfortable yeah. in certain situations. You know, I used to be really fearful on sets where I was the only black person on set. And I would make so many mistakes because why? Because I was nervous. I was shy away. I was kind of like afraid to use my voice, you know, because I, you know, growing up, like you hear these stories and you like, you know, hear about white people and like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, like maybe I shouldn't, you know, look like I don't know what I'm I'm doing and that even makes it look even worse because now I really don't know what I'm doing and now I'm <laughs> acting like I know what I'm doing and I could mm. just easily just ask a question but I don't want to because I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm <laughs> it's just yeah, like a yeah. never ending circle it just drives you crazy yeah, you know? I think that's part of why white people get so <laughs> defensive when people mm-hmm. call them racist or call them out for mm-hmm. that behavior because we don't want to admit that we're hurting people I think mm-hmm. some people who are genuinely like good and empathic and they don't we don't want to take responsibility for the mm. fact that we're really hurting people mm. and and I think that we need to get over that. Mm, you know, yeah. we have to sit in that because we are doing it and we need to stop doing mm-hmm. it. I get um, I get what you're saying. I think the thing is also like I mean, I think some things are human nature. When you're winning, you want to stay winning. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to shake that up. You're like, "Hey, I don't want to change this. Like, and it could be just like, you don't even realize, like you might be changing it, you know, yeah. or you might not realize that you don't want to change it because it might, it benefits you for it to stay the way it's right. where, the way it is, you know? So it's just like, so yeah, we all, I think that's human nature in general. Like we all want to make sure like our, we have every pot filled. What What is that saying? Every, every home have a, turkey in a pot or something like that. I don't know that. One of those, like, I forgot, like, back in the day, something like that. And it's just, you want to make sure you have that. And, like, you got to see, like, okay, we can all have that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And more. By, yeah. And me not that. giving you that doesn't mean that, you know, or, away yeah, it's going to take away yeah. from, you know, me giving you that is going to take away from me having mine, you know? There's a great, like, meme or quote or something that was going around, but it was like, it's not pie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not going to be less of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. just because you gave somebody a slice. Like, yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of people have this thing where we think, you know, helping someone might take away from what we need to do or whatever. I mean, yeah, we all go through that. But now it's like, okay, we all have to step into our greatness and be like, Nah, we got to figure this out, you know? We need to figure out now because yeah. I personally think that we're about to get faced with some much bigger issues like mm-hmm. uh, climate change and mm-hmm. an apocalypse of some mm-hmm. sort. I mean, that's extreme. But I, I just think that in our future and probably not so distant future, we're going to mm-hmm. have some really big Mm-hmm. issues that we need mm-hmm. to deal with and we need to be on humanity. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, if that when you look at it like that, that's not even going to be a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You need now we have a choice. Right. You know, yeah. it's within it, us to make. Yeah. Change. Yeah. It, when it the choice is made for us and it's like you better do it or else, you know. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. And I think the more like going back to what you were saying before about diversifying your friend group and your mm-hmm. inner circle, I think that that's kind of key. I mean, part of, so I grew up in a very white 
rural town in Pennsylvania, which is lovely in a lot of ways. But I, I actually, I, at 18, was like, I'm going to leave this town because I need to be someplace that's diverse. Okay. I, I knew, like, I wanted to learn more. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be around other cultures. Mm-hmm. I love to travel. Like, I, I just knew I didn't want to live there forever. Mm-hmm. But the more that I've made friends of, with other cultures, and even my family has some diversity in it, like, when you see somebody hurting on TV, I, I think of these, like, personal connections. Uh-huh. And, it, and it makes me have empathy in a way that maybe I didn't have before. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want my friend to feel that way. I yeah. don't want my friend to be scared when they get in their car at night. You know, it's yeah. like... I think that's like it. It just sort of, it humanizes people. Yeah, I yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think we we get like that by putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. Yeah, you know, like I think sometimes, sometimes I <laughs> I always look at things from the other side, and sometimes to a fault. Like I'm like <laughs> I'm like how you are this, extremely empathetic. Like, I mean, wow. like, but it's just like I just don't know how how any, any other way, way. like yeah, well. even maybe looking at sides that people don't think mm-hmm. should you know be looked at and I'm like well you know and I know sometimes <laughs> people are like what is wrong with you yeah. <laughs> I'm like but I'm just like not this gonna be this person yeah. that's just gonna shut everyone down in order for us to get any place in this world of understanding, mm. we've got to look at people from the other side and open up these conversations and create this bridge of understanding because I feel like this shutting down people and like not even giving them a, any chance to speak or ask questions, mm. that to me is harmful. Yeah. It's dangerous. I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. And I think if there's kind of one action takeaway apart from just having these conversations, it's just make an effort. Really make an effort. Yeah. And you can start small and mm-hmm. then get bigger, but like just make the effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And don't shy away. Yeah. Right? Like just be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's okay to be right? uncomfortable. I mean we were yeah. so nervous at the start, but then I'm enjoying this conversation so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, same here. I already here. Like grown within it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a conversation period. It's going to make people yeah. nervous, you know, yeah. Yeah. and we just, but we had it and we're having right. it and it's yeah. just, and it's, and it's like, okay, I get it. I understand. I learned this about you that I didn't know before, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. So maybe just to finish off, you could tell us a bit about your ambition or goals or objectives, whatever you yeah, like. Yeah, tell us more um, about We keep touching on, like, I think we're like, <laughs> thinking that let's join you. Okay, not, so, um, okay <laughs> so it hasn't launched just yet. It's called The Joy and Beauty. I'm still right now kind of figuring it out, like, what I really want to bring to the table in this world. And I think part of it is that, you know, I want people to know that they're perfectly imperfect, and that they don't have to wait till they become perfect to live their life, you know? And I think that that really goes to more women of color Mm -hmm. because I think we have this feeling in our mind that we have to be this perfect version of ourselves for for people to love us. Mm -hmm. And I think that really growing up, that really took a toll on me And I know that that takes a toll on other people. And when I see these fabulous, amazing, beautiful Black women with every eyebrow in place, every hair in place, every lipstick lined perfectly, you know, every outfit, heels, you know, hair down to their, down their back. But then you go home and you're crying. Mm. 
because the world has told you that you're not desired. You know what I mean? And what is the solution? And the solution for me is that I just need to live my life now and like not live it based off of a perfect version of myself that I deserve to be loved no matter where I am in my life. And that's just that simple. Oh I think we're very emotional. <laughs> I'm afraid to talk without bursting into tears. I, I mean, I, I think that's so beautiful, and and it, it. I'm I'm sorry that that's been your experience. Oh, I, think it's really I mean, I think I appreciate it, but that's life. And we, when what they say, when you know better, you do better. And you know, you have to realize, like, it's okay to live. And not, you know, live for anybody else. Live for yourself and and participate in life. Mm. You know, we have this thing where we can't like, you know, for me, like I've always, I've struggled with my weight growing up. Like, and I always felt like, you know, before I would be like, oh, I have to, I can't date this guy until, or date until I lose my weight and I am able to be perfect in, in his eyes. Well, you know what? What if we get older and I gain that weight back? What <laughs> right. you gonna do then? You know, yeah. you know. So yeah. I'm just like, I am who I am. <laughs> you know, like I am who I am. Sometimes I'm gonna be walking the room and I'm gonna not gonna say anything. Sometimes I'm gonna say a lot. Like I'm an introvert, extrovert. Like yeah. you know, yes. like yeah. it is what it is. Like you gonna take all of me or you're not gonna take any of me. Like it is what it is. Like you don't have to agree with all of me, but you know, like I am who I am. Like. We definitely want to grow and not be stuck, stagnant. But at the same time, it's like the only way to grow is to just experience life, you know? And you don't have to be perfect to experience life. So, yeah. And it's time for you to take your seat at the table. Yes. Right? And like, not take, dim your take light. Up space. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, that is what I really want the joy and beauty to represent is that. I want people to find their joy and their beauty and spread it around the world. And then that's how I think the change will start to happen because it's a lot of depressed people out here in this world. And it's time for the people to, to find the joy in their beauty. Absolutely. That is a <laughs> yes. freaking great ambition. And Thank so you. is that going to be online? Is that Yes, of, it's yeah. going to be online. Right now on my Instagram, <laughs> it's um, The Joy in Beauty. And my website is coming soon. Please follow me on Instagram and I will definitely announce when it's Coming. Yeah, and we'll make sure we do a shout out too. Yes. Oh, thank you, thank you guys, Joy. Thank you so so much. Thank, thank you thank for you. having me. This yeah. was fun. Yeah, I loved it. it. Like I yeah. really loved it. Like seriously, you know, a lot of times people are really nervous to talk about politics, re religion, race, all that, and you know, it's good to actually have a meaningful conversation about it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. How lucky are we that we get to chat to these mega-talented folks? I think we're pretty fucking lucky. <laughs> Hell yes. So if you happen to like it too, share it with your mates and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing. And don't forget, the conversation doesn't end here. We would love to hear from you. What did you think of today's episode? What else do you want to talk about? Yeah, what kind of conversations are you having? Or maybe what conversations aren't you having? Yeah, good point. Anyway, until next time. Bye.